Welcome to the Backdrop Untold Stories in Golf. Professor, top of the morning to you. Today is a special day. Oh. It is. We've got, oh, I'm very excited for everyone we're having on the pilgrimage and to talk about that. I think it's so easy to lose touch with how special some places are after you've been there and you've been away for a while. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting interjected and also behind the scenes so people can know how the meat's made. We haven't been on with each other for a couple of weeks. Um, I, so I feel a little out of sorts, you. but man, to get to talk to you, see your face, do this again. Um, pump. I, I woke up. Back. I woke up with an extra pep in my step for those two reasons. One, I haven't seen the professor on this little screen. It's very little today because we got so many guests joining us. But uh, I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't been able to catch up. Like, definitely excited to talk about one of our favorite places, both personally. You know, I think New Club would not exist if it weren't for my experiences, your experiences, and, and others that have been to the home of golf in St. Andrews. Uh, so, yeah, this was an easy one to get jazz for today and to, to hear other people's ex experiences and perspective. I think one thing is it's always been interesting to me of, of when people come home from, from Scotland and the home of golf is that, you know, there, there's that cliche of like, oh, I'll get in the cart for somebody's round, right? Someone in the, in the card room is kind of walking you through your round or you're at the water cooler at work and they're walking there and you're just like, oh my God, when's this going to end? But when people are talking about their experiences, at the home of golf, it's like my favorite thing to listen to. It really is. I just love hearing about how, and I think it's partially due to, to that shared experience that you reflect on what it meant to you and everything. But this truly is one of my favorite things to do um, is to hear people talk about St. Andrews. So the, the pilgrims, the first eight are, are uh, well, seven of them are on time and with us. The first eight should be with us. We'll see how it works out. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it today. Um, before we get to the fact today, you just brought the word pilgrims. You know, pilgrims had to travel. You still haven't told me about your little uh, travel scenario that happened where the greatest people on earth live, which is the Midwest. Uh, I believe oh, you had Midwest some travel polite, difficulties yeah. too. Yeah, for You're talking the summer metal. That's true. You haven't yeah. seen me since. I, I, yeah, I haven't seen you. I, I, I that's, just, that's just say the people of the Midwest. You're right. They deserve a shout out. Uh, I'll give the abbreviated version of the story. A lot of plane issues. I think similar to getting what, in the what car. Airline? And what airline? At the Sioux City Airport has exactly one airline that, that flies. And the only reason they have one airline is because they have a government subsidy to keep it open. It's United. Yeah, that's, uh, that's your problem. And then you know what? The people of United handled it well, Kevin. I don't want this to be a stain on United Airlines. They handled the best that they could. But... I'm in line like everybody else trying to figure out how I'm going to get to a family vacation in South Carolina from our summer medal, um, which was at Homer, Nebraska, Landman Golf Club. Shout out Landman. Incredible experience. And, uh, and it was just a, a mess of a scenario. And, and there was a light that wasn't working on the plane. And then they couldn't get the, the crew. I think they shifted the crew to the, the only other flight that goes out of Sioux City that day. And this very nice... Um, of, of Taiwanese heritage, but uh, lived most of her life in Storm Lake, Iowa. A uh, very nice woman is standing there and she's kind of eavesdropping on the, the staff and what they're saying. And I'm- That's what we do in the Midwest. We're, eaves we're eavesdropping. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, facilitate, okay, am I going to get on this other flight out of Sioux City? What's going to happen here? And and she said, I seen this before. And she called her husband. And I'm, so I'm listening to her conversation. She called her husband to uh, get, to Omaha because she knew she wasn't getting out of Sioux City that day. And she had to be on the West Coast and she was flying through Denver like I was, blah, blah, blah. All right, so so the story, she hangs up and I say, ma'am, I'm sorry, I just overheard you. I, 
are you headed to Omaha? Because I, I, I found some other flights. Like, can I go with you? <laughs> and she looked down and she saw my golf clubs and two other golf clubs <laughs> from uh, two other new club members, Josh Brilliant and Alex, uh, Alex from the West Coast. And, and she, this is Midwest kindness. She looks at me, she goes, are these all yours? <laughs> I said, no, these are, uh, forget about, I was ready to Larry David, throw these guys out. I'm just like, no, don't worry about them. Like, it's just me, ma'am. You just got to worry about me right now. And, uh, and she said, well, are they, are they in the same situation? I go, yeah. She goes, she picked up the call. She calls her husband right back. She says, don't bring the Audi, bring the truck. <laughs> and he just hung up. And so she, he shows up with the truck and she, she drives the three of us to Omaha, Nebraska. Everybody gets on their day. And I got to spend like six hours waiting for our flight. And she was a fascinating human being. And uh, yeah, it really air travel gone well in my mind because it was just yeah. such a good experience. But yeah, there, there, there you go. That's what took Plane, place. Planes, trains, and automobiles just in real life. So from Storm Lake, Iowa and Sioux City, uh, Iowa to the home of golf in St. Andrews. Kevin, what is your uh, favorite thing to think about when you reflect on, on St. Andrews? Kind of lead us into this. Oh, man. I was ready to give the fact today, but my favorite thing to reflect on was St. Andrews. Oh, that's hard. Because uh, there's just so, like, do you touch on the golf? Do you touch on the people? Like... For me, it's hard to pinpoint any specific thing because everything's a fabric of society there, right? Like golf is a fabric of society. It's all intertwined. It all flows with itself. So nothing stands on on its own, right? Here, like I think Augusta National is a great example. It is distinct. Green fence, gates right there. Like it stands out like a sore thumb. The old course, you're just driving along in the bus, and all of a sudden, you're driving right down the middle of 18 and 1. You're like, wait, what? We're just, and there's the green, there's the tees, there's golfers walking in front of our bus, right? Like, it's just there. You're just walking along, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, look, there's a golf course. Oh, look, there's the RNA. Oh, look, there's the new golf club clubhouse. So I think that's what maybe stands out the most, that it doesn't stand out in any sort of, like, physical sense uh, other than, it's history and you know about it. But if you didn't know what the hell golf was and you're just walking through, you'd be like, oh, look at this green space that people are doing something funny on. Okay, I'll just keep walking and move along, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that stuck with me over time. Did uh, you want to get to a fact? Of, do you have a fact of the day? Is yeah, it we got to keep to our subject. Yeah, we're going to go away from the, the health stuff and all that because it's it's St. Andrew's Day, right? Today is about the home of golf. So we're going to go there. I'm going to, but I'm going to read a couple of phrases, see if you can pick up on something. So I got five phrases. Um, there's something compatible, similar about them. All right. So first one no devil lived on. Second one, race car. Third one, rise to vote, sir. Fourth one, taco cat. Fifth one, yo, banana boy. <laughs> anything? Anything? Click in your head. Is this an SAT exam? I got nothing, man. Uh, you what might you? find something like this on Case Western's exam or something like that. They're pretty famous for having problems like this or like a paperclip. What can you do with a paperclip problem? 
Um, this is just the portion of the show where you in, embarrass my intelligence. I, this is every every week, man. I just I got nothing for you. What is well, that? Yeah, all? And, yeah, and of course I just pull this from somewhere else, so it's not like I'm creating these from scratch. But <laughs> we'll we'll maybe we'll bleep that out and let the listeners believe that's what I'm doing. No, they're all palindromes. Um, so I read frontwards or backwards. They'll say the same thing. Race car is the easiest one, right? So think about reading that backwards. You would have race car again, um, or the same order of letters. St. Andrew's Golf Course is a palindrome with par. So if you started on one and played through 18, or you started on 18 and played it backwards, you would see the same sequence of par. So 444, 454, 434. Then the backside goes 434, 454, 444. And that would happen both directions, which okay. obviously isn't purely random in this case. That would be pretty much random on like a normal golf course because they're not designed frontwards and backwards, but if, for those that know the history, I'm not going to go too deep here because I would definitely get called out by historians of being wrong in some of the nuances. Um, and probably we got a historian nuances. on the pilgrimage. Too. Yeah, he but did, he could call you out to keep it at a generalist term, which I think these are all accurate. Right? Originally, well, we've all most people know the course can be played both directions, and historically, I think the original, maybe semi-original direction. Well, we'll get to the original original thing, but like in terms of the current 18, it often was played the opposite direction. Um, so there's a history there. But if you go all the way back, uh, the golf course originally was 11 holes, played two directions, right? So 22 holes was essentially a golf round, but it was 11 holes played out, played the same 11 holes coming backwards. Um, Eventually that turned to nine, so hence 18. So nine distinct holes played the nine out, played the same nine back. Then eventually they were made distinct into or into 18 distinct holes, Um, but with shared greens where we still have... These shared greens that all add up to 18, right? Two and 16, three and 15, and so on and so forth with uh, one, nine, 17, and 18 being the standalone greens. Um, so it's not just by chance that the uh, the old course is a palindrome frontwards and backwards. That's by design, by how it was played and that uh, it stems from originally not being even distinct holes going out and that you played the same holes to the same pins. Um, now, this is where like maybe Paul will be able to jump in here when he gets on and correct us. But I always heard like a lot of it was you just teed up within like kind of the flagstick idea or whatever it stemmed a little bit from, okay, from that hole, you tee up within that proximity from it and play to the next hole. And then you do that coming back. I don't know how true that is versus just a wives' tale. Um, but I always heard that about the original design too, which I thought was cool that, hey, put the ball in the ground, much like we do at Sweetens Cove, right? Put the ball in the ground. Where do you want to go next? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I've assumed that to be true, too. I think we've had some uh, Tom Morris and young Tom Morris historians on the pod before that did say, like, that was one of the contributions of young Tom Morris, that he was adamant that, hey, why are we expected to putt where everyone's swinging and tearing up the ground? That It should be a step further. Wow, the original, so he was the original fair police. Huh? That's interesting. <laughs> And he was a talented golfer. Are we surprised by that based <laughs> that, on the, yeah. the current day's top top golfers? The world's original um, Patrick Cantley, I guess. I never thought about the old course as a palindrome. Thank you, Professor, for always uh, bringing the heat on your your fan facts of the day. Should we get to this crew? Can we yeah, get to get. this I mean, pilgrims, we've please? We've done travels. And we've made them sit through our, our like that. That's oh, <laughs> just awful. Let's get to some stories about the old course. Uh, before we do, let's thank our... Uh, sponsor of the podcast this week and this month, all leading up to our Founders Cup at Big Cedar Lodge. Thank you to True Temper, the number one shaft in golf. The True Temper team will be with us at Big Cedar Lodge in October uh, for our annual Founders Cup, where the Chicago team is just 
they're taking a licking. Last three years, and the last year was tight at Bandon Dunes. They lost by one single point, but they got to Let's see if Captain McCartney is ready to rally the troops at, at Founders Cup because they need it because they can't go four years in a row. That's that's getting like dark dark ages, you know. If you can't beat Atlanta and the international national crew. Thank you to True Temper. We'll see you guys at Big Cedar. And now, Professor, without further ado, on to the show. Let's do it. Members of the inaugural pilgrimage to the home of golf in St. Andrews, welcome to the bag drop. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. For those that aren't on our visual, uh, I don't know if this hits visual, probably be on YouTube at some point, but John McCabe, Jen Powers, Paul Wellman, Stephen Toyra, Captain Thomas McCartney, David Schaefer, Tony Capronegro. Hey, who are we missing, guys? Harry. <laughs> Harry. For those that are listening, uh, familiar with a Chicago legend, Harry Leipzitz is expected to join us. So if you're tuning in today to be with Harry Leipzitz, hang with us. Uh, you know, the Taylor Swift of New Club Golf Society will be here. <laughs> Uh, but I want to get started with our first ever captain. Guys, first off, thank you for being here. This is really a special treat for both the professor and I and and everybody who's been to St. Andrews, everybody that's not been to St. Andrews, everybody that wants to go to St. Andrews. Like um, These are really fun for us. So I want to get started with Captain McCartney, who was and, and fully intentioned to be our first, he was our first captain that was nominated and, and ratified as part of our golf society. And he was on our first pilgrimage, which I thought was very uh, apropos and special and, um, Captain McCartney, thanks for being here. What are your lasting, give us kind of a lasting memory that, that sticks with you from this first experience being our, our first captain over there. Well, Matt, professor, thanks for having us. And, uh, thanks everybody for listening. I'll try and keep it short. Uh, you know, my takeaway from this, uh, opportunity. It was exciting when we first started talking about it a year, year and a half ago, that this might be a feasible option within New Club and seeing it come together. Um, I think we've got some things that we can work out some kinks for future pilgrims. Uh, but, but I looked at it as uh, an opportunity to kind of have a do-over from my first experience at St. Andrews. Uh, in 2012, uh, the summer of I was invited to a wedding in the Midlands of, of England and as a Midwesterner was flying into Manchester airport. I thought, well, I'll just get a rental car and maybe swing up and see the old course. Not thinking about, you know, it was four and a half, five hour drive to get up to St. Andrews from Manchester. Uh, but getting up there and just walking the course in, in this beautiful evening in, in August of 2012 and the, the starter suggesting to me that I might have an opportunity if I came back the next morning to play and thinking there's no chance came back the next morning 6 a.m and sure enough they got me out that next day I had this magical round walking the old course but it was by myself and the pilgrimage as I talked to our group before we left to me was going to be the opportunity to have the camaraderie at the home of golf with with good friends and, and, and experiencing another level of, of, of what Scottish golf has really meant to me. And I, you know, having had some time to marinate our experience and, and the time that we had there, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. This, I, I can't imagine seven better people to have been on this, this 
uh, uh, trip with and and the stories that we'll be able to tell uh, here in the podcast and, and maybe over a dram sometime in the future. People do make a difference. Um, I We had two phenomenal hosts of our, our pilgrimage that made this all possible. Uh, I want to, from the top of the show, should need, need to mention Graham Dalton and Andy White. Um, who, who's your favorite, Tom, Graham or Andy? <laughs> I'm going to leave that one up to Jen. I think she's the most appropriate individual in this group to Jen, on, they'll, on they'll never hear this. Like, Who's what? your favorite? Grammar? Don't, don't worry. They're never. They're they're both far too busy. They won't listen. Who's your favorite? They're perfect in their own way, though. I mean, there's just. I mean, Graham and his. I mean, delivery. He, he's just hilarious. And Andy, I mean, he just takes care of you. He's just somebody you want to yeah. hug every single time you see him. Yeah. Does. Uh, they're fantastic. Speaking of perfection, and, and I won't, she's far too humble to, to ask, but I, I have, just from chatting with all of you through text and different things, all these stories have come back a little bit, right, in some fashions. But can, can we get us started with uh, Jen's performance at Carnoustie? Who, who would like to take that? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Who would like to take that and walk us through a little bit of that round? Thank you. No, I'll take it. I was with Jen. Tony Kevin. <laughs> It was, it was a fantastic day. We started off, you know, you're in there and you got, you know, we had what, it was one round, two rounds down at that point. So this is our third round. We were fortunate enough to have really good weather the first two rounds and we're coming into Carnoustie and you're, and you're kind of looking at the, at the sky and thinking, okay, today might be, uh, might be a, might be a wet one, but we will, we were all prepared and, uh, we knew that that was coming and the, and the skies were a little bit dark, but you're there. And we had a beautiful, interesting little lunch at Carnoustie golf club or, or something like that, just outside of the thing. And it was, uh, just across the street, right? Across, yeah. across yeah. the street. Yeah. The actual and, club. Uh, yeah. It was, it was pretty fun. I think we were the youngest people there by, 30 years, but it was, uh, it, it was a good embrace for a weekday of golf. And so we start playing and we have a, we have a great group and we get to about, I don't know, I'll call it Jen's playing really, really well. It's tough out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's straightforward. It's in your face, but Jen is, is avoiding all the bunkers uh on kind of the front nine and and just plotting plotting along playing really really good golf uh keeping it keeping it low and out of the wind and just finding all the right spots and then the and then the rain came and the rain came uh it was it was heavy it was it was pretty fierce and it was uh it was very dark out there and it became at least for for me it became really hard to play and it it almost made Jen's game ten times better. And so we're coming down, we're we're in there, we're soaking wet. This thing is just pouring and howling all over the place. And Jen is hitting greens like every other hole, and and putting for birdies and dropping it, you know, dropping her easy, you know, tapping pars. And and the rest of us are sitting there scrambling to try to find any semblance of the green. Uh, and Jen's just just walking along, no big deal, ain't no thing, very nonchalant. Jen, the buzzsaw, dominated that day. 
Jen, do you recall what? So, what was the the final score, and what was your differential on your handicap? Because I played with you about a week after, uh, maybe a little more than a week, and I don't remember you being a sixteen that you had to play to the day. So that must mean a significant differential. Do you know what it was? Was it? Uh, so I scored an eighty-seven. Bravo! Um, Bravo! It was. I think I was good. I was given twenty-five. <laughs> so I had a, a net. <laughs> there you go. There it is. It was special. <laughs> Matt, I, can, I, I need to add some color to yeah. that, though. We're, we finished up the match. Uh, we're in the clubhouse. We're going through the scorecards, and we had some side games. So was doing the scoring on, on the cards, and I'm chuckling because Carnoustie is known as the, like, the most difficult major championship course out there and the finishing stretch in particular. And I'm looking at the card. Jen finished Eagle on spectacles, birdie, Eagle, (laughs) birdie, birdie. She's seven under the closing five holes on the toughest stretch of championship golf there is. And I looked at her and, and I'm just, she scored it. She's had a 62 net. Jen, Jen, take us through the mindset. Like, teach us. Like, what? That's one of the hardest things about the UK (laughs) golf is when the elements get there like that, and let alone on a golf course, like on a golf course like Carnoustie. Carnoustie, Like, where was your head? Tell us where that mind was. I, to be honest with you, I don't even think I was golfing. Like, I mean, like, I was just connecting with Scotland. I don't know. It was, um, yeah, so my grandmother was born in Scotland, so I don't know. It just, I had a moment. I was in the zone. I had a great caddy. He was just like, just do this. And I was like, all right, yeah. You know, like he, he wasn't trying to figure me out, which was great because I am not the, <laughs> I'm a wild card uh, player, as you guys all know. Um, and yeah, it just, it was great. Um, then, you know, walking up 18 and seeing the first women's golf society ever. Um, just, yeah, magical. Wow. Jen sure. was like the vicar in uh, Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, just that, that like, kind of, you, you talked about it, kind of the soulful nature of, of Scotland and golf and connection to this. You know, we all have our different journey in golf, but we all have the same home in a way, which is is Scotland. I got a, and I didn't know it was David Schaefer, but I want to pull David Schaefer in here. On the WhatsApp, I got a message from him that really uh, resonated with me and I think spoke to why we did this, why we, you know, our captains worked with us, our, being the staff at New Club and, and finding a partner like the guys at Adamson Links and Graham and Andy to get more of our members to Scotland. And David... I don't know if you, maybe you were at the pub and you don't remember, but do you remember what you said? And can you kind of walk us through it's, it's basically your evolution as a golfer. Yeah. I, uh, I've always kind of just been a, let's just go out and hit the ball hard, have fun, drink a bunch of beer kind of golfer. I, I wasn't, uh, haven't been so into the history and architecture, which I appreciate, but it hasn't, hasn't grabbed me, but, uh, going to Scotland and, living that experience is, uh, I don't know, it is a different sort of baptism. You come out of there with a different perspective. 
And uh, so, yeah, now I, I feel, I don't know, I feel like I understand why, like, new, why our new club exists, why their new club exists. I understand why Paul is uh, so versed in the history and Matt, why you started this, this great thing that we're a part of. And um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, kind of personally revolutionary for me in, in a way that's, it's hard to describe. It's hard to describe unless you're standing on the first tee at the old course at 6 a.m. and there's no one in front of you and you pipe a drive and you make a par and you get around and there's no one slowing you down. You're coming up 18 and people are drinking coffee and they're, they're watching you try to stick one on the green. I mean, there's just no, no greater feeling as like an amateur golfer. Where can you get that? Where, where can you get that kind of thing? Yeah. That's a lot of head nodding. I want to get to the old course for sure. But for, before we do that, there was a lot of MVPs tossed around amongst this group to each other. You guys were very kind to each other. Uh, but Steven Toira, can I, can I pull you in here, sir? Cause I'm, I'm fairly confident your golf clubs still might not be in your possession. Uh, did you ever have your own clubs on this on this inaugural pilgrimage? I did not. I did not. How was that? <laughs> uh, well, fortunately or unfortunately, the, the timing worked out great. I'm out in San Diego, and I had a, a bachelor party I got invited to on the East Coast, so shorten the travel. And as bachelor parties sometimes do, uh, promptness to the airport maybe, maybe is not a priority at bachelor parties. Uh, so I, I was not the only person that had travel issues. I was the only one that had travel issues with their golf clubs going to Europe. So I got to try many other clubs uh, on my trip to Scotland, but none of them were my own. I d- when, when shit like this happens and somebody handles it the way that it sounds like you did, it's just everybody here said that you were just so positive about it. You just like, yep, what are we playing with today? You know, let's head out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Just kudos. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It, it certainly was a, uh, you put it in the back of your mind and realize I'm only going to be here. And I'm not going to remember who's, who sticks I, I swung with. Paul Wellman, uh, you've, you've mentioned him a couple of times. I want to, you've been to Scotland quite a number of times. And, and as many of us alluded to here, you just have this deep appreciation for history and, and reverence for the game, which I've always um, really enjoyed all, all conversation with you. You've been on this pod before as a, a featured guest about Harry Collis, uh, a Chicago golf legend. And um, I just, I was curious from your perspective, this pilgrimage with this group, what was different about it for you versus, you know, you were on the, uh, our international trip with 24 other members. You were on trips by yourself. What, what was it for you, uh, this go around that uh, maybe was a little different or something that um, you experienced in a different way? It was definitely the group. Um, knowing the sights and the sounds and the feeling of St. Andrews, all golf, people walking down to the um, course. Hey, have a great round. They're coming home. Hey, you know, did you play well? How was your game? But I had never met any of these people. Um, met them, four of them at the airport. Five of us were on the same plane. Um, and it just gelled so quick. That was the underlying. That was like, all right, you know, how's this going to go? You never know with the group. But everybody brought something different. Um, there were a couple times that we'll probably get in. But I remember, I think it was Wednesday night, we were sitting at the one under all of us at a table, just laughing. And it didn't matter who you were sitting next to. The conversation was bouncing back and forth about golf and about life and um, just swapping stories. And so that camaraderie, that hang, um, that, that, that really, you know, uh, 
I came away with an appreciation that 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 was so cool. Again, absorbed in the history. Uh, first time playing the old course, um, a couple times, um, and, and just you know being around it all, just so familiar and just feel so comfortable. But uh, definitely the group. Let's get to that old course, John McCabe. Reflections on the first time playing the old. Ooh, um, 20 minutes of sleep sitting out in the queue the night before, um, getting to the old course starters window and him telling me that I'm playing with uh, a member of the RNA, um, having no food and getting to the first tee. And, you know, the, the member of the RNA is this rich guy, Joe, who just sold his company. And he's like, Hey, we're going to gamble today. $5 or five pounds a man you in. And I'm like, I guess I'm just, my mind was swimming. Right. But it was fun. I mean, they, the, the four guys I played with, they were rich as hell and they had such a great time. They were fun. And, and, um, you know, unfortunately we lost the, the match, but, um, we were in it until the turn until, you know, I kind of lost all energy, but, uh, it was just amazing. You know, I was so worried about my tee shot on one and then I had to worry about gambling and, and helping this guy win a match um, and, you know, it was just, it was fun. Just amazing. Any, anybody else jump in here? What, stories from the old, I think there was a kilt gentleman at one point, uh, other, other tales. Jen. Yeah. The kilt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, it was the Monday, um, that we stayed up all night. Paul and I were lucky enough to be together that day. Um, everybody did get on, but I think we were the only, or no, I'm sorry, Stephen and Harry got to play together. Um, but yeah, we were paired with a guy, um, who was in a buggy, no caddy and had a kilt. And I, I would say he was probably in about, uh, at least 18, 20 bunkers. Easily. Right, Paul? Uh, easily. He, easily done yeah, the old he, too. He, interesting. Peter guy. from Germany. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> With the out in nature of the course, we were coming out on the fifth green, and the three uh, individuals I was paired with look over. They see this individual, and I think uniformly all said, "No self-respecting Scotman, Scotsman would disgrace his heritage by." I was just that thankful later on when I when I told my caddy, he was and from then I Germany, saw Jen was in the group. American. I, I was like, "All right, he's not one of us." <laughs> We're, we're clean. Sorry. No, you know, no guilt by association here. Yeah. Tom, you, you, you caused but some, uh, also had, um, some, some minor damage to, uh, like a pretty beat up old vehicle or something. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see it, but I heard some story about well, something. There's only two tee shots. That, yeah. Well, there's a couple of tee shots that that could occur, but I'm guessing 18 of the old. No. Oh, I, for, I, I temporarily <laughs> forgot about your ball flight. I temporarily <laughs> forgot. How nervy is that first tee shot, by the way? I mean, for having 130 yards of width out there, that's well, a little nervy. Uh, Uh-oh. And mm-hmm. Uh-oh. look who we have Uh-oh. here. Ladies and gentlemen, listen and, to the oh, pod. Yes. We have uh, the first of our hosts in St. Andrews, Mr. Andrew White, his Sunday name. Andrew, thank you for being here. Afternoon, guys. How is everybody? Awesome. Good. Great. Good to the see you. The man, the myth, the legend, Andy White. <laughs> yes. Andy, 
uh, the, the, right off the top of this show, we asked Jen who was her favorite, Graham or Andy. Uh, we, I told her you would probably wouldn't listen to this, but well, you'll have to listen because we're not going to tell you what she said. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, Graham was the team captain for Jen, so I understand. I understand Jen, but <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this. You're you're my teddy bear. <laughs> you're, you're my teddy bear, Andy. I'd give you a hug any day. Anything. Let's talk about the competition of the pilgrimage, which I think anything within New Club, we always have a, a competitive spin to it, right? If we're golf is a game that, that is to be played uh, uh, and, and scored and, and match play is obviously what we're very uh, passionate about. And that comes from our friends in, in Scotland. So, uh, Andy, what were your uh, kind of tell us from the, the captaincy seat, right? You guys were were, I don't know what we call you, sponsors or what it was, but you guys were helping lead teams, Graham and, and, and Andy. How did you feel about your team that week? And give us your interpretation of the, the competition for the pilgrimage. Um, I mean, I felt incredibly let down by my team. It's probably the, the, the best description. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> It's not bitter at all. Yeah, absolutely. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I don't know what you've covered, but there, there was redemption at the end of the week for everybody. So that was fine. Um, no, the, 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 the team format worked very, very well. So so uh, uh, you guys had split into to two teams. Graham and I decided to, rather than have Team Andy and Team Graham, go Team Old Tom and Team Young Tom. Uh, the, the bearded old man that I am took... Uh, Team Old Tom, and uh, it, it just created a, a, an element, an extra element of tradition and atmosphere from St Andrews, and, and, and passed that on to the guys there in the group. It, it worked out well. Andy tried to trash talk us and intimidate us, but it didn't work. So the young Toms prevailed. <laughs> For those keeping score, too, it was John, Jen, and Paul, correct? And Tony. Uh, and Tony. And Tony was the fourth member of that team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Having Harry on your team right away, I mean, you're just, it's going to be tough to wrangle him in. But uh, Harry, as you might notice, Andy, Harry's the only one missing from this uh, reunion tour. <laughs> but maybe he might surprise us. We'll see. You never know. You never know, guys. I, I also. On the matches, though, I mean, it was pretty close, uh, yeah. the whole thing. And, and <laughs> you know, you got Tom is so gracious, so it's hard to, it's hard to really rub it in his face. But. Um, you know, it was a it was a hard fought match. All the matches were lined up pretty good. Only Jen really dominated her her games, and uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to go against Jen, and so our team, you know, was was victorious, and we enjoyed a good gin and tonic out of the out of the quake and uh, in big celebration, and it was it was fun. Where is the quake? The, it's the, it's uh it's at my house. I'm in my Detroit office today, so I unfortunately I didn't bring it with me. I should have. That's a that's oversight. It's a handsome piece of silver, that's for sure. And thanks yeah. to Andy and Graham for for making that tradition uh, tradition possible for our our consolation match. And this was a surprise to me, and I believe all of you. Uh, who would like to walk us through the Hickory match? Yeah. Someone from the Tony. someone from the winning team, I hope. Well, we joined the team. Tony played really well. <laughs> well, wasn't Andy a ringer on the Hickory uh, sticks? So, he, like his team was, you know, dominating because of that. Tough competition. Um, no. Andy Walker. 
We do want to talk about pace of play after after we get get uh, walked through this so, oh. as the Uh-oh. second group off, Andy. You know, it's new club rules. <laughs> did, we, did we have a slow play situation going on? A little in Scotland? No, no one a plays game, slow. Like, gamemanship. The best. The best. There was no need for the it, it was. It was actually. It was. A, it was a wonderful surprise at the end of the week. We, uh, you know, the, Tony and his group were fortunate enough to win the ballot twice, Thursday and Friday after we'd all played the old course on Monday. And as a, a, a special surprise on that Friday afternoon, Andy and Graham had uh, had arranged for a match at Kingarock to uh, play not only Hickory's but on a course that was originally designed for hickories. And um, and we had the weather for it on top of it. So it was it was it was a it was a learning experience to try and slow your swing down enough to learn how to hit those old clubs. And to be in Scotland and to have the backdrop we did and there were some sheep over on one of the holes and they're making noises and you're kinda in the hills and uh, you know, a little tower in the background on on one of the holes playing a, uh, you know, a, a, a real hickory course with little bags and stands and stuff. It was just a it was just a special, special time. And to have Andy and Graham there, Graham had a beautiful outfit, which, uh, I, you know, very disappointed that we couldn't uh, our team couldn't help hoist the trophy in, in Graham's. Uh, we'll call it authentic. I'm not I'm not quite sure it is, but we'll call it authentic for the purpose of this thing. And but it was a it was really a, a super fun treat to be able to to be able to do that. And 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 again, it was good camaraderie and a good people, uh, but in such a neat and unique backdrop. And to play with them, you know. After, uh, After uh, a week of just playing with us and them driving us around, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, that's good. Just to be clear, though, it was it was Andy's team that that won that one. It was the old time ah, walked it is. away with yes. with the uh, silver yes. goblet. Hey, we do have a trophy that made it. I kind of felt like that we had to let them win something, right, guys? No. No, <laughs> John. John, remind me what was the what was the score on uh, my match and yours in the Jubilee to end? I don't. I forget what was it. <laughs> hey, I was talking teams. It was a drink. It was a drink, <laughs> wasn't it? My, I think my caddy hated me on Jubilee up. because I was miserable in the uh, round. wasn't playing well. I'd I'd be interested. I'll I'll, I'll say one more thing, uh, and then I'd be interested to get Graham and Andy's take of of us. As uh, as the Americans coming over and in, invading the space, but I will say, um, you know, it, it, Matt, you touched on at the beginning of uh, of this that we had great hosts, right? Obviously, Graham and Andy are well connected in the community, but the way we started our week, uh, we were we were invited in to have a lunch on a Sunday at at the new club over there, and it was we had this beautiful table. Uh, on the second floor, and we were overlooking uh, one in eighteen, right? And there's these big picture windows, and and you're walking into a unbelievably historic place, and so you're already kind of 
got the uh you know the 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 tingles of excitement of okay we're here it's history we're right on the right on one and 18 you're looking over looking over those things and and since it was sunday and uh professor nodded to it how how golf is is uh, woven into the fabric we're sitting there at lunch and just kind of talking and and all of us kind of in awe looking out at this beautiful sunny day and just the whole community with dogs walking and people kind of moving around and and you know all over the this beautiful green space and it was it was a at least for me it was a pretty surreal opportunity to to kind of check out what was going on and and understand how important and and ingrained golf is over there it was a it was really a a fascinating thing to have and and we wouldn't have been able to do that without obviously Andy and Graham's help on that and so it was a it was a wonderful way to start the weekend and a and or the week and a, a really exciting uh way to kind of get to know each other and get going yeah you know one of the things one of the things that I took away from the trip was the um, you know when we all sat out in the queue trying to get a tee time for the O course on Monday, you know golf is great and the whole this, the town and all everything's a great experience and you're you know you're used to that but I don't think anyone understands what you're experiencing sitting in the queue and for anyone who's taken this trip in the future we highly recommend you do it because. We met some really, really great people. It was, you know, no sleep. You you talked all night and joked and had a good time. Although Harry and Steve did sleep on the on the uh, on the ground. I heard um, Harry had no problem getting sleep. Uh, no, video. no, not at all. But uh, what an experience! I mean, we met some great. There were two young guys from California who were, you know, one one caddied at uh, San Francisco Country Club and Olympic and. Um, it, you know, just, just the stories and the people you met and we had a lot of laughs and, you know, I, I think that's one of the, the most, um, you know, prolific memories I have from San Andrews. And it was the first day out, you know, the first day that we were all together and it really, I think helped us get to know each other a little bit better too. Yeah. I'm going to follow up a question for the group. So let's play a hypothetical. You have a friend going over there, let's say, like, you know, I can either do the queue, sleep overnight and get out, or I can, you know, I got this opportunity to pay X pounds, maybe call it 500 pounds, and I can get a tea time just doing that. What's your, what's your advice for them between those two options? I would, I would sit in the queue. You know, you, you, you sacrifice a little sleep, but it's so worth it. I mean, it's just an experience. Queue. Save the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Queue. And, I mean, the other thing that was just – thinking back on that was, you know, the, the sunrise, you know, only having a couple hours of, of, uh, you know, evening, um, it's just, yeah, that kind of also just woke you up to, wow, we're in Scotland. It's just the other side of the world. I mean, Kevin to that, I would say at 4am when you want to tee off because it's daylight, and you know yeah, that you have yeah. to wait at least two and a half hours before the first group goes up, it starts to wear on you a yeah. little bit. You're like, I'm ready to go. And, uh, and and you know, I mean, thinking about some of the folks that went out late in the afternoon, but there's nothing that would uh, I would sacrifice mm-hmm. to, to, to take back that, that evening in the queue. Uh, given that it was our first night together as a group, as we were all bonding, 
I think it's what cemented the rest of the week was, I mean, seeing John, we, we had five individuals who were in the queue who had guaranteed times. Tony, John, and I were on the call sheet. So we thought we were going to get up, but we had no guarantees. And when John went off at the 850, knowing that the entire group was going to play the old course that day, um, the, all the stress of the week was off because we accomplished what everybody really wanted to do. And we just had such a great time the rest of the week because we'd done it. And it was just a kicker for, you know, the, the yeah. two additional ballots later in the week to get in. And I would actually say also the Sunday night, Monday morning, it was really magical because the course was closed the night before. So we got to see the grounds crew just like flying around, getting the mm. course prepped and ready. And, you know, that kind of helped like the 4.30 to, to 6 a.m. kind of go by quicker um, because you're just like, oh, it's, it's happening. Something's, something's going to happen today. So, yeah. Let's bring in our other host, Graham Dalton. Graham, uh, a lasting memory of this group right here. What what is it for you? Well, I I think we all um, enjoyed spending uh, time together, which was wonderful. Um, I think the lasting memory is um, that actually this is the best podcast I've been on so far because the person I didn't like as much actually hasn't showed up, so it's absolutely fantastic. So. <laughs> I think that the um, I think that the 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 young Toms will definitely have a uh, an extra point beginning, you know, just like the Tour Championship. Um, uh, this this we're starting a point up, I think, just for not having full attendance on this uh, on this podcast, and I'd I'd like that uh, uh, put back through to. Um, to, to Harry for not being here. I mean, it's really, it really is. I mean, if, if I'd known that, I don't think Andy and I would have even got out of bed this morning. So it's uh, it's quite unbelievable, really. Um, uh, it's quite shocking. The amount of time and effort and things that we put in for it, and he just, I, don't, I mean, he's maybe lawing off somewhere else, but it's really, it's, it's just, it's quite hard to take, really. You know, when you, you have that much love and time and things put into something and he doesn't show up, it's really quite harsh. But I'm glad to see that everybody else that was there and 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 actually appreciated our time and help during that time actually decided to show up to this podcast so i think my lasting memory actually is as I, as i can see everything that i expected from this group has has shone through first impressions leave a lasting uh, impression obviously in the especially in the case of harry leipzitz um does anyone have advice for our next group of pilgrims. I, I looked this morning before we, we got on, uh, for those that are listening, mostly members of the new club that'll have this opportunity to go on the next year's pilgrimage. We got one spot left. We got one spot left. I saw this morning that those, are, those have gone very quickly. So uh, if you're listening, that there's that spot uh, available and it's a great group of, uh, our, I think a, another kind of serendipitous uh, piece is Tom was our first ever captain nominated in Chicago and and uh, Scott Ford was our first ever captain in Atlanta. And Scott is going to be on this next trip. So in a very similar way, we kind of have that uh, little bit of tradition that, that carries from our club over there as part of this this journey. But what do you guys have for advice for, for Scott and the seven others that are going to be uh, making their way? 
Um, I'll go first. I, I'd say make sure you um, plan on maybe going out early or staying a little later and playing some of the other courses in the area. David and I got a chance to play Kings Barnes, Crail, and uh, Ely House, and it was amazing, right? And you, you want to get as much of the experience as you can, and um, it, there's just no shortage of golf uh, to play. The other thing is I, I recommend packing light. Um, they recommend that. I didn't really take that advice, but it was uh, I, I could see why you pack light. You, you just don't need as much stuff as you think you do. And, and and again, John, I, I, I would agree with you because the physio bills have been quite high since I picked up a couple of your cases. So it's, uh, but I'm, I'm getting back into the swing of it now. I'm getting back. So, so yeah, just, just to help me and, um, I appreciate that. And, 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 and Andy, Andy has a cane, but he's, uh, he's able to hit the ball quite well with it, but it's, uh, we, you know, packing light is, is, well, I, is I, had, I shipped some golf balls ahead and some other things thinking I'd need them and, I, I, they got caught in customs, and uh, Andy had to help me out, but he did a good job there. But, but you needed them all, John, so it was fine. So, I think I did. I think I did. My, my caddies were uh, were, were uh, trying their hardest, but that gorse just stayed them alive. H- hence Stephen's MVP nomination, that he didn't bring clubs for you to hurt your back with, Graham. I mean, that, that was easy for him. I think that was remarkable. I think anybody that is um, – coming on a trip and planning to send their golf clubs to their next golf trip is a genius in my opinion. So um, you know that you're going somewhere to pick them up and um, and you know that you can just, you know, uh, every caddy smiled when they got Steven's bag. It had like four balls in it. And it always ended with four balls in it. I mean, he, he played perfectly. And, um, and, and he, I, did, I did see a, a couple of them reaching for a trolley and wincing when they were picking up another couple of bags. But Stephen's bag was the prize for the week for, the, for all the caddies. For sure. Looking forward to this next year's group, we took a lot of the feedback from this group and, and adjusted an itinerary uh, ever so slightly, but I think considerable uh, positive uh, tweaks as, as one of you put on it. And, and I think that'll be the case for the pilgrimage is, is the, the back and forth with Andy and Graham and, and making this continue to be really special for uh, the eight members that get to go on it. And I, uh, the addition of Crail Golf and Society and Pan Muir both really uh, – I, I, I'm just so excited for the next group with those two. And I wanted to go to Paul Wellman maybe for, for just a, a little bit of perspective on Crail. Because I think John's point on, man, you could just stay in, not even Scotland, you could stay in Fife for months and still you know, miss yeah. out on so many great links. Uh, Paul Wellman, could you tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, I know you're uh, an international member of the Crail Golf Society. What, what is it for you that, that makes that place special? So after I left on Saturday, I stayed in Anstruther and um, made friends with a taxi driver. Thank goodness. Uh, it wasn't easy, but um, just staying there um, with the locals, walking down, getting fish and chips, um, heading out to the Anstruther nine-holer in the morning, um, kind of airing that out. I, m- I met a gentleman who was a, a member. He said, well, you might as well come play with me. And we just had a great time and then and played Craigshead and Crail. Um, unbelievable hospitality, unbelievable golf right along the ocean. Um, talk about counting your golf balls <laughs> right along that stretch. Um, um, but did fine. But 
I think that whole trip, even just staying in St. Andrews, not having to worry about getting up and going to another hotel or travel, it was always just just about being there, uh, the hospitality, um, the golf. It, it's just it's just special, and encourage anybody, anyway, to to try to try to work that out. And then Andy or Graham, um, I, I assume Panmure, which is a neighbor of, of Carnoustie, was it added to the itinerary for next year because Carnoustie was just too easy of a golf course for Jen Powers that <laughs> that she kind of brought it to its knees, kind of embarrassed Scotland in a way, perhaps mm-hmm. by by shooting a net sixty two. Was for that sure. was that it? So Panmure is a better test. I mean, Jen, Jen's clearly not welcome in Angus again, apparently, from, from what we're hearing in town. Uh, but it was an amazing finish uh, at Carnoustie. But, but yeah, no, we, we added Panmuir. Panmuir is, is effectively a mile from Carnoustie. Uh, Graham and I are both fortunate to be members there, but it's a, a phenomenal um, traditional links course, as a, and we're playing that in the morning before uh, Carnoustie in the afternoon. It's where um, Ben Hogan practiced for the Open before his uh, his one-time triumph at Carnoustie. Uh, he was one and done. Um, it's got some amazing links holes on it. We'll have some kumul, which is a, uh, a very alcoholic putting mixture uh, at lunch and uh, uh, before before braving Carnoustie and see if we can follow in, in Jen Power's footsteps. Um, but I think that's a tough, tough act to follow. So, so that's going to be a great day next year. The, the, the 36 holes over in Angus, um, uh, just very traditional golf that the guys will have a great time. Could, could you guys arrange for like a plaque to be planted at Carnoustie in, in Jen's uh, memory of that great round? So everybody, got, you know, all the new club members can see it when they go there. The locals don't want to remember it though, John. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the only course that, I had that's a record club. for new club to um maybe maybe there's something there that uh, people can go over on an individual basis and try to try to better good luck taking pictures with the gen powers plaque you're right it'll, it'll it was uh, you know, just trying to beat I would, a record I would, I would save your money because a net 62 is not going to be beaten <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but jen you you i mean my handicap dropped like Four points the next day. I'll yeah, it was all the eighties music, Graham. Yeah, the absolute eighties <laughs> is um, well. It's actually heart eighties. That that's inspired. That's inspired my summer. In fact, it's taken me and Terence around Scotland with such happy vibes. And um, you know, it's uh, yeah, heart eighties. We should really get some. Um, we mm-hmm. should maybe they should maybe give us some sponsorship money. I think just for the inspiration that they gave him for your sixty two. Although, Jen, there was a young lad, you'll have to come back because evidently uh, you'll have to play him because he actually shot 56 gross on the um, on the burn side, a 12 under um, uh, at Carnoustie maybe a few weeks ago. So, But he'd been inspired by your plaque that Andy and I had, been, had put up. Um, I mean, ever since your group came... The engraver and um, uh, uh, trophy maker has now bought a yacht, and it's actually just out on the um, it's out on the on the in the St Andrews Harbour there now, just just for the amount of business that he got from from the week of you guys being here. Um, so he's delighted, and he's he's delighted that um, you'll be coming back to to do some more engraving next year, and and we'll have to get your your name etched up at the Carnoustie uh, Clubhouse there, Jen. Mm-hmm. Well, 
And Matt, just to speak to the, the hospitality of Graham and Andy, in honor, while the plaque is in the works, right. in yeah. the moment, they delivered a double rainbow in honor magic. of Jen's. Above and beyond. Incredible yeah. round. I mean, that was the, the that magic. Was see, see, it's, it's basically Andy's farm, farm stock. He, he can, he's a bit of a weather talker. You know, he can just magic things up out of nowhere. <laughs> And it's unbelievable. Perth farm boy. Unbelievable. <laughs> There's, uh, we, we've heard uh, every course basically mentioned uh, amongst the rotation for, for this pilgrimage. How about the castle course? Because I, there was a look on a lot of your faces in those pictures from the castle course. One, it's, it sits up and it's a bit more scenic with town behind you. But, but you guys looked to be having a good time. Was that a boozy lunch, perhaps, that 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 contributed to that? Or who would like to kind of give their thoughts on the castle course? Which, frankly, I think a lot of uh, American visitors don't um, necessarily circle on, on, on the counter for, for whatever reason. But what, what are you guys' thoughts? My lasting memory of the castle course is Andy telling us um, the architect of the course was going through a nasty divorce when he was designing it. Um, David Michael Clay, is that his name, kid, or Clay? And um, I, I couldn't get that out of my head the whole time playing because it was torture. Although Tony played amazing. is probably one of the best rounds, you know, I witnessed that whole week. But that was a torturous course. I think the difference coming off the courses earlier, it's big and it's bold. And uh, so did the eye. It's very different. We hadn't ever played something like that. Greens were extremely fast. Um, great walk. Um, it was just completely different from anything else we played earlier that week. I wish we had Harry here to comment on it. I was just, even, maybe I was just going to say that, Tony. Yeah, I think uh, one of the the big things is the elevation change. Uh, you don't you don't really feel any as you're playing the other courses, and then you get there, and it's it's uh, it feels massive comparatively. Uh, but we were a handful of holes in, uh, and. and Playing reasonably well. Go to make the turn. Obviously, load up so we're, we're fully hydrated for the back. And uh, and Harry turns to, to Tony and I, and he's like, "This may be the best course here." And there's like, "Okay, was that a shot or w what's going on here?" And and when we got off, uh, every new club needed need to ask him how he would rank his uh, his six or seven courses we played. Uh, but Castle is nowhere near the bottom. We'll put it that way. You know, that's. <sighs> It's it's just so unfortunate that he's not here to support his claim. Um, that's not surprising, however, from from other rounds I've played with Mister Mister Harry. Can I ask about uh, the closing dinner? Because I think Tony, you gave some very nice comments that almost gave me a little goosebumps thinking about my own experiences at the new golf club and being able to sit there and and you know your your lunch. Um, but you guys were able to kind of celebrate with a closing dinner. Uh, as guests of the new new golf club, can you guys tell me what that was like? And and was that a culmination? I think it's intended to be a culmination, but maybe to you, Captain McCartney, was that uh, what was that like to be able to put on the ties, you know, clean yourselves up, and go go kind of end the week um, with events such as that? No, well, the the whole week was special, having the opportunity to use. The, the new club's clubhouse is our uh, home base, but that that evening dinner being hosted by not one but two past captains uh, of of the uh, society, Graham was was very 
gracious in song. Uh, Captain Ronnie uh, regaled us in the history and gave us a tour of, of, of the facilities and, um, and, and just the opportunity to kind of put a nice bow on uh, what was an absolutely fantastic week. Um, Anyone else closing comments? It was special all around. Maybe, maybe Andy White. Eddie, your lasting memory from the group? Um, lasting memory from the group was it, was it was a great, fun week. Great bunch of guys. Uh, always interesting to see relationships develop over a week because not everybody knew each other. I think I think it was John that said, you know, the, the, the going in the queue on the first night was inspired, mostly because it was my idea. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no. To be honest, it, it, it was a great fun week. It all all went well. Um, everyone played great golf. Great friendships for life. I think um, it's it's an honour to to be hosting you guys on an annual basis to for your pilgrimage, and and we look forward to to having more fellow members uh, over from the new club uh, to. Uh, to to visit our shores and experience what these guys have been through. You you, you mentioned fellow members and Andy being one of our uh, international members, which we're very proud to have you in our membership. Uh, Mr. Dalton Graham, there's been a petition signed by these eight individuals. <laughs> Even Harry signed this thing uh, to make you a, a an international honor member of New Club Golf Society. And... Uh, we would love, we'd be honored for you to join us. We just need you to fill out an application. That's all. That's all we need. Not a chance. <laughs> we just need 10 minutes of your time, Graham. That's it. Well, firstly, one honor. That's very, very kind of you. And um, everything I said about Harry, I mean. So I'm not taking that back. Um, the, um, the, and, and if it's only seven people on that petition at the end, you know, seven to one still wins. Uh, but no, he, know, he knows I, I, I love him deeply, uh, young Harry. And uh, he always said that he would be, he was happy to take the position of the person that takes the butt of the jokes. And he was very good at uh, standing up to them for the whole week. And I tell you what, that guy always brought energy to, uh, to every situation and just kept, and it's, it's wonderful to have a guy like Harry on, on a trip like that as well, because he just kept everyone going. There was never a point that you heard him moan or, or, or have low energy. Any, he was just really up for it at all points. And, and I think that really helped everyone in the group. So um, as much as I'm needling him, it's because he's, he can easily take it. Um, no, I'd be absolutely delighted to, um, to uh, uh, get Andy to fill out a form for me. And um, and once he's got all the details and everything ready, he can he can send that in, and I'd be delighted to uh, to, to to join the the, to the the new club as a, an honorary uh, member. That's very very kind of you. And uh, joking apart, I will get that um, form filled in and and sent off because it'd be a a, a real privilege to be part of uh, a fantastic golf society. I'll send it in with my resignation letter, Graham. That's no problem. <laughs> Wait, wait, you can't you can't do that yet. And so I got one last surprise for everybody. And I think the only one that might know this is Captain McCartney, uh, potentially Vice Captain Tony Caponegro. But uh, I'm gonna I'm, we're, we're gonna tie the pilgrimage to another new club staple. Actually, our oldest competition, the Founders Cup, uh, is is happening at Big Sierra Lodge in October. We all know Chicago is is in need of a victory. They're they're 0-3 against the Atlanta and national and international team. 
Um, it's it's really kind of going the dark days of of Ryder Cup for the U.S., if you will, is what Chicago's kind of trending towards. I'm just calling a spade a spade. That's what it looks like. Well, the captains had discussed, and you can't, you can't, we don't do the Davis Love thing. You can't just hop back in as a captain. McCartney fought bravely in in uh, North Carolina for one of these Founders, Founders Cups as the captain. Um, but the the vice captains have all nominated two new captains for our annual Founders Cup. Um, and on one side, and this is our first international captain, uh, and Andrew White, they would like you to lead their team uh, right. into the Founders Cup at Big Cedar Lodge. Oh, oh my word. I, I take it this decision was made by the Chicago chapter. <laughs> Absolutely like, not. Absolutely sure not. You have way, a surefire way to uh, to lead yourself to uh, to victory, guys. Um, guys, I'm honored. That's that what 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 an honor. Thank you very much. I'll I'll do my best to uh, um to 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 make it 4 and 0. I think is the is the way to go. So <laughs> And and that's not the surprise. The surprise is who you're up against because the captain of the Chicago team going into this year with Vice Captain McCartney probably on his side and a few others, he'll have some help. Uh, the captain of the Chicago team is no other than Harry Leipzig, <laughs> who will be leading the Chicago team into their 0-3. Right. So it's Harry versus Andy at the Founders' Cup. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait. That's going to be messy. That's going to be messy. That's <laughs> tremendous. That's absolutely tremendous. So, uh, can, it, can, okay. can Harry not play Jen? Just, just, I mean, that, that's a guaranteed point. Not for Harry. I believe there is one. There is one Chicago team member left. There's one captain's pick. If he doesn't go with Jen, he's. He's missing. Crazy. I think Harry might pay for Jen's way to Big Cedar Lodge if he had Jen on his team. I, yeah, I spent all my money at Old Course <laughs> three times. Yeah. Worth every penny, Jen. Worth every penny. Those wind shirts yeah. are expensive, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so that was the big reveal. We're all very excited for, for to watch that unfold. I think That's also awesome. another wrinkle is Andy has on his national international team uh, Harry's father who I think if you want to play some psychological warfare, I think there's got to be something in there with Mark Leipzitz. Harry's dad will, will be a part of that trip too. So um, this this has been a real joy, guys, to just hear your reflections, to, to be able to ride along with you. Uh, I was in the WhatsApp and, and got, you know, a lot of inside jokes that didn't make a lot of sense. A few of them make a little bit more sense after today's, you know, our chat and, um, I, I just want to personally thank each and every one of you for taking a chance with with New Club to be a part of this golf society in the first place and to be our very first pilgrims, not knowing – you guys didn't know each other. Very few of you did. To get off that plane, be in a, a foreign land and, and play in the old course for the first time or visiting St. Andrews as a group, um, as, as strangers, I can see now you are nothing – close to strangers. You guys are bonded for life. And that was uh, the intention of the pilgrimage. And we're going to do this for a long time to come. We could not have better hosts than Andy and Graham. And so thank you gentlemen for being a part of this. And thank, thank you everybody for, for coming on and sharing your stories. Thank you. Trip of a lifetime. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thanks guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks guys. tell you what professor that is just an elixir for the human golfing spirit right there those that group the looks on their faces the smiles the laughter that just felt good to be a part of there for a bit 
Oh, yeah. And I'm going to kick it straight back to you because I think, one, to applaud you and Mark for, for what you've done with New Club Golf Society. Um, but I want to punt this to you right now, and I'll make a point later, but that's got to be a little surreal for you to see as a culmination, not a culmination, but a, a, another climax for New Club Golf Society, sending that group over and seeing what that trip meant to them. So maybe you'd comment on that, just being the the founder of New Club Golf Society and, and what that what that feels like seeing that that um, that group today. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, it's easy to get your head lost in the details of a successful trip, right? The arrival times, the transport, the itinerary of courses, the weather, the caddy fees. Like there's so many little, a million little things that need to come together for a trip to be successful. This is so much more than a trip. So much more than a trip. That conversation was was very clear that, you know, we want all of our fixtures to be something special. You know, the places we go, uh, the the formats we we play, um, the fixtures, probably more than anything else, are are intended to get us closer to the deeper side of golf, you know, that thing that really bonds us. And nowhere is that stronger than the home of golf. Nowhere. There's there's places that you could argue are better golf courses, but when you're feel a bond to to each other in the game of golf, um, it's it's right there in, in the heart of it. And you feel it when when you're there. And and I think that's our our really bold goal. That is a multi-generational goal, to be honest, is every member of New Club can have a part of that, can can be in the pilgrimage. And I and I think David Schaefer's comments and uh maybe maybe it was Captain McCartney's, but there's a couple times that I, I did kind of have a, a pinch me moment, Kevin, where they're talking about their experience with New Club at the home of golf. And it is directly, it is almost word for word, what led me to start New Club. Mm-hmm. And so to think about it in those terms of like this origin story we have, which I, I don't want to say I'm unique because I'm not. Everybody that that really does truly love this game, they they find something over there. There's something that clicks and and you feel a part of, of golf and now a part of a club. And I think that's what that's what this trip was always about is, you know, forget about all the bullshit <laughs> that you have to deal with with this game, right? It has it has its flaws and and we especially have many in the US that we need to do a better job of of relieving the game from, you know? And the best way to do it is to go over there, experience it in its purity, you know? Andy and Graham get to see it every single day. And mm-hmm. I think one thing that my conversations with those two guys have helped me realize is they, they sometimes need the reminder of, of seeing visitors come and experience that because they're like, oh yeah, this is special. What we have, we can't take for granted. And, and it's, I think their duty, and they feel that, to uh, spread that to every visitor that comes. And that's why it's been such a perfect uh, partnership with them as hosts is mm-hmm. they, they, they've ensured that. And that's not easy. That takes a lot of commitment and time. So, yeah, I, it's pretty deep for me. And, and now I can see it. It's deep for them, too. Um, so just grateful. Just grateful that we, all, that we just get to be a, a small part of so many people going to St. Andrews for their first time. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of us that are grateful for what you and Mark and, and everybody involved with New Club have, have brought to the game and brought to the, the uh, to those of us involved. 
And you brought up the idea of, you know, bond and experience there in your in your reflection on the day. And that's one of the things that stood out to me with this group. And I, I and I think about this in terms of our trip over there in May of uh I guess that was twenty twenty two, um, last year now. And the queue. And I'm I might ramble here because there's the whole queue experience just brings up so many thoughts on life and golf to me. Uh, but the one there is like one of the ones that resonates there is like, man, don't take the easy route and, and like say yes to experiences, right? Because it is so easy to go pay the $500 to to get a tee time here and there. I mean, think of the transactional nature, nature of American golf of like, I become a member of this club and I can go pay to be here and I can go pay to be there and I'll just pay my way on here. And yeah, we can go play Oak Hill tomorrow for $1,000 per person in this little tournament they're running. You can do this and that. Nah, man, don't take the easy route. Like, you're just wasting experience. You're wasting air and breath by doing that, right? Like, stop paying for guarantees. Stop paying for efficiencies and those things because you're actually choking away the reason we're here. We're here to live, right? We're here to live and experience. So stop paying to rip that away, right? The cue that I would never trade... Someone could say you could pay a dollar to get out of that queue and do that. And now knowing what I know, having sat through that with that whole crew when we were there last year, like I, you couldn't pay me to give up that experience. You couldn't give me money to give it up because that's what it's all about. Even if we didn't get on the old course, I know this is contradictory relative to what we say about the old course, like you have to play it. Even if we hadn't got to play it, the sitting through that experience in the queue, going there, sharing those experiences, stories, laughs, uh, you know, talking about life, talking about this, watching the sunrise, it would have all been okay if we, even if we hadn't got to play the golf course. Life would have been just, would have been grand anyways. We would have had a blast that day. We would have laughed. We'd been kind of sulking a little bit, but you know what? At the end of the day, it would have all been okay. So say yes to the hard stuff. Like lean into it and just embrace it and just enjoy your time around other people. That's so well said. And I'll add to it with I don't know if you remember this, but the Q group, remember, so 2020 was their scheduled trip. COVID yeah. pushed that back two years. So our, our, our big international trip, which is a little different than the pilgrimage because we went up yeah. to the highlands and it was a little bigger group, longer uh, voyage, all that. But the the pilgrimage is, is heart and soul is, is St. Andrews. And that's what it's focused on. And I think if you remember, there was this vibe in the bus of the groups that won the ballot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they yeah. they were like oh like kind of like Sleep excited in, yeah yeah excited but they're all they were very safe and and rightfully so to not piss off the group that didn't win the ballot and so they're they're like but that night I remember they all ate together if you recall and they I remember were that. so yep. giddy and they were so excited and all the Q guys were like oh, we're gonna go you know get a little shut eye maybe maybe a nap and then we're gonna grab our blankets and we're headed down and and there wasn't excitement but that next night so. It, it's a miraculous story in itself because 24 members, everybody got to play the all course. All of us just guaranteed by what? 8.30 a.m., 9 a.m. We we're all I, guaranteed to get out at some point that day. I think Mark Caldwell was the only one that, that wasn't guaranteed. Yeah. And, and he ended up getting it with some members of the RNA later in the day. And it was another just kind of a bunch of little miracles that came together for it. But that next night, it was such a different, everybody's a, a jubilant. Everyone's happy. But no one was more bonded and more excited than the Q group. Oh, yeah. And I remember a comment from the guys that won the ballot that they looked at each other and they're like, I, w- I kind of wish we were on the- in the queue. Like these guys <laughs> met people. They they have relationships now. It's uh, it-, it bonds you for sure. So that- that's 
that's a great way to put it though, is don't take the easy route. Don't, don't look for the quick fix, especially when it's related to the, the cost of things and go, go for the experience, go that route because you'll be grateful down the road. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give a quick shout out here to like, you know, most of us got paired up with RNA members or me by chance, new golf club members, which was a, an amazing experience. I played a match and I got, I think I'm terrible with names. Um, Matt, you know, this I think Dale. I remember, I think Dale was the name, the one member. When I went back over to the 150th Open, guess what he did? He came and met Claire and myself um, at the practice putting green at the end of the day with his wife, introduced us. We're getting ready. We were about to talk for perhaps half an hour. As we're wrapping up, he's like, hey, by the way, here's a scorecard from that match that we played. You know, he had kept that scorecard and, and gave that to me. And that's something, you know, I'll have and cherish the rest of my life. All because doing the queue, getting to meet a random person and just, you know, life pulls people together and does stuff like that, right? And wow. Would have never happened had I got the ballot and just been out there with buddies, which would have been, like you said, a great experience, would have been amazing, but ah, I wouldn't trade the queue and what, what happened that day um, for anything. That gives me chills. The last comment I had from today, and it made me uh, reflect on a recent guest of the podcast, Gabby Herzig, who talked about her experiences in Scotland and the old course. And um, is just this idea that I think many of us with our golf, our relationship with golf, it becomes this big, massive thing, right? I, I think uh, competitive golfers, which you and I grew up that way, it, it was this big, massive thing that we um, uh, judged ourselves by, that we, we you know, good 79, good 80, bad, like th things of that nature. But that, that spreads beyond it too of I'm a member at this club and I'm not at this club. I got on to, to this course, but I didn't get on to the better course. I uh, uh, got, you know, new equipment, but I need a new driver. I, I, all, the, all the things that we think we need and that we don't have and it in golf has become this, I think you like using the word consumption. And I think that is true. It's, it, it becomes an endless race of better than. Mm -hmm. And when I listen to the experiences of these guys and on this trip, and I think the one thing that Scotland does exceptionally well is reminds us that it's not this big, massive thing. It is a beautiful, simple thing, a game that can be a part of life and not the thing in life. It can operate amongst a, a million other things and responsibilities. And it's, I always refer to it as, and why I always come back from Scotland and Ireland to a degree, but I come back just reinvigorated because mm. it's a healthy balance. It's a healthy system they figured out. People aren't deciding, do I get the new minivan for my family or do I keep paying my country club membership? People aren't deciding, you know, uh, uh, oh, I have to really schmooze my network so I can get on this, this golf course I haven't played yet. So then I'll finally be happy. People are just out playing the game and, and enjoying it for what it is, which isn't this big, this big, uh, uh, benevolent thing. And I think, you know, that's that's a, a large comment, of course, but I just love talking to these guys now that have had this experience, they're coming back, and and I, I tell everybody, my last comment to anybody that, that heads over, um, especially the pilgrimage group, is bring 10% back. Bring 10% of whatever that was back. Hmm. Bring, well bring, yeah. bring your, your visit to, to Ely Golf Club on the tail end of your trip, John McKay, bring it back. Like, what is that, what is that equivalent here? When we're mm -hmm. on the summer medal, like one of the things is the summer medal, a great example on the U.S. side, 
Everybody's excited to play Landman, the top new golf course in the world. One member said, hey, we got a couple hours before we tee off. Who wants to play Old Dane? Mm-hmm. And everyone says, what's Old Dane? It's their, it's the owner's original golf course. And those guys that, that got up in the morning, paid 20 bucks to play 18 holes or something crazy, they loved it. They were buzzing about it. They were buzzing about it. And and it it probably connects them closer to the, the true essence of the game. Now, are all the pictures on social media going to be Landman? Yes. Are all the uh, stories you're going to hear? Likely. But the, the game doesn't always have to be this grandiose, unattainable thing for the majority of people. It is a beautiful game. And, and I think that's kind of the spirit of New Club is let's bring 10% of what that is. And that's inject it into our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of, it's going to help a lot of people. It really was just both golf wise and, and life wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, professor, thanks for, for geeking out with me here on, on St. Andrews yet another time. Uh, obviously a theme of the podcast, the pilgrimage, as I mentioned, has, I think, I believe one spot left. So, uh, if you're listening and the sounds up your alley, join them. That crew is going to have a blast in 2024. Uh, I'll be those, I'll be frank. You're an idiot if you don't sign up. I'm just gonna <laughs> say you're an idiot if if you can financially afford it in the time. You're an idiot if you don't sign up. You there's a lot of people teaming up. I've I've heard a lot of people are saying like, hey, you want to do the 2025 pilgrimage? So there's a little bit of that going on. But just like this group, they didn't know each other. They went over. They had I, a blast. I would yeah. I would contend maybe do it without knowing someone else in the group. I think the experience there. Not that it would be better. It's just gonna be different. I think. What that does to your mind in terms of plasticity of being around no one you're comfortable with, I think you're going to be able to soak in more if that's the case mm-hmm. than if you're there with someone you're comfortable with and because you won't be able to rely on that comfort at spots. You'll, uh, so I would push people to lean into doing it um, doing it and meeting. You know, Maybe you've met a couple of guys on the trip, but guys that you're not friendly with, uh, give it a run. That's a great point. Thank you to the sponsor of today's podcast, True Temper who will also be our official partner of the New Club Founders Cup at Big Cedar Lodge. Professor, I, I got to ask you, knowing Harry and and uh, Andrew White and knowing the the state of the Chicago uh, regime, what, what what do you, are you, can I get a prediction from you for the Founders Cup coming up? I mean, I'm going to pass along like? a few secrets to Andy in terms of, uh, honestly, it's not a big secret. Just, you don't got to do a lot to beat the Chicago crew. Just, just, <laughs> oh, just shoot. head down. Go about your business, right? Don't try to get too fancy or whatever. Let the golf games take care of themselves. You know, these Chicago boys, yeah, they can they can talk and all that. But when it comes down to the match, hey, all that matters is what happens from T1 to uh, the hole on 18. And, and I got confidence in Atlanta crew and the international national crew. Those are my boys. It's mental. Yeah, I'll just say that. It's definitely a mental battle. And that's why, hey, who better than for a mental battle than Harry Leipzitz? Go get him, Captain Harry. Um Thank you to True Temper. Thank you to uh, everybody for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time on the Bag Drop Podcast. See y'all.